Okay, San Francisco, damn, I thank you for tuning in. Didi LaFrac, keep it real, won't you tell it like it is. Bohemian woman up in San Francisco, talking life plenty convo. Super honest, you already know, the dopest, coolest podcast, yo. Yeah, sharing her life, her stories, I hope you ready, sit back, relax. The sexiest woman is Bohemian Trophy Widow, Didi LaFrac, Hey. <laughs> Hey everybody, it's Dee Dee. This is San Francisco Damn for Friday, October 14th, 2022. How are you doing, everybody? I hope you are doing beautiful. As I'm recording the show, it is a blustery, sunny afternoon here in San Fran, Fentanyl Children. This place is in the news all the time. It used to be in the news for very positive things like celebrities living here or the tech industry. For instance, my peeps at the Daily Mail. I love the Daily Mail so much. I rock them like a hurricane. They are always demystifying San Francisco. They have these front page stories that rock my world. I love them so much. There's a current story saying that 8% of the people who live here in San Fran Fentanyl, America's favorite junkie squat, 8% of San Francisco residents are looking to get out. And I'm one of them. <laughs> I, you know, I, this place is not going to recover for years and years and years. And it's a really good story. They also have an FBI report that San Fran Fentanyl, from a list of the top five major American cities, we have more crime per capita than New York City. The link is down below. And then Dr. Phil. Do you guys remember Dr. Phil, that big Texas dude, bald Texas dude? Do you know how Dr. Phil became famous? Did you know that? Dr. Phil, American talk show host, pop psychologist. He was the attorney for Oprah Winfrey. Oprah Winfrey, the first black billionaires. She used to have a really interesting show. I have a lot of respect for her. I know people have mixed feelings about her. She had a show, and I saw the show, and she was saying, well, I'm, that's it. I'm going to stop eating ground beef. I'm now going to have a turkey burger. It was like an innocuous, uh, throwaway comment. I watched that show. And then Texas ranchers gathered together to sue Oprah Winfrey. Yeah, did you know that? who was her attorney, or he, either he was her attorney or her psychologist. I've got it mixed up. But one of the dudes who worked on that case of the Texas ranchers versus Oprah Winfrey was Dr. Phil McGraw. That's his name, Phil McGraw. And that's how he came to the world via Oprah. See, we black women are famous for giving people leg ups, being the hype women, the side chicks, the side kicks. That's not negative as long as people reciprocate. Now, to say all that about Dr. Phil, the background story, and this is also linked below. Sometimes I say I link stuff and I don't put the link. <laughs> the link is below, I just checked. Dr. Phil has a California senator. This dude looks really creepy. He looks like a cadaver. He looks like a real freak. I'm not even gonna name him. But he looks like a real unhealthy freak. He's always, I got the Folsom Street Fair, got my favorite street fair, by the way, but he looks pasty, emaciated, hairless. It looks, he looks like a freak. Now, he's a, a California senator. <laughs> yeah, I know, California's gone, y'all. <laughs> the 
first place is go on. So the senator is on Dr. Phil McGraw's show with this guy. This is sexist, womanist, bohemian excellence. It's the San Francisco Dam Zone with Dee Dee LaFrac. And he and Dr. Phil and this dude are talking about the injection sites in San Fran Fentanyl. This place is a, a real hot mess. San Francisco will never rise until they deal with the dope dealers. It's like having fat people in a city full of donut shops. And the fat people are diabetic. If you don't get rid of some of those donut shops that all the fat people are going to, the diabetes shall continue. And that's what's happening here in San Francisco. I'd say it's approximately 20,000 unsheltered, primarily drifter junkies. There are some people living in their vehicles. The point being is that San Francisco is a junkie squat. There is not a cycle of come to San Francisco, get a social worker, get drug rehab. Drug rehab is not on the table, folks. It's not on the table for new listeners. These people are not SFers. They are not local. They come from Alabama. They come from Nebraska. They come from South Carolina. Everybody knows. They go to their county welfare departments. It's something called Homeward Bound. They give them a bus ticket to San Fran Fentanyl. So this is why I go hard. And by the way, new listeners, <laughs> there are over 900 daily shows of me breaking it all down. I see some of you have been going down memory lane. Thank you for listening to those shows. I appreciate that. So the point I'm making about Dr. Phil, this other dude, and this other dude, they're all talking about the injection center. And, of course, the freaky-deaky senator wants the injection center because he's evil. Listen, it's evil to encourage junkies and to allow them to live on concrete. That is completely barbaric. I don't, personally, I don't like junkies. There was one of my family, she was an awful person, I have to say. When I got the call that she died, this doesn't make me cold, this makes me somebody who was hurt and abused by this person. When I got the call that this relative died, I didn't even cry. I only cried at their funeral when they were wheeling the body away, you know, and they shut the casket, then they wheeled it through the doors. That's when I started to cry. When, when my family called and said, uh, so-and-so died, it was a tragic death. I couldn't cry because her addiction had made, changed her personality. She turned evil, sociopathic, uh, kleptomaniac, pathological liar, physically, would physically assault me when I would go back home to Milwaukee. So no, I really don't care about uh, junkies that much because the drugs change their personality so much that they become evil zombies. And San Francisco as a city is not committed to providing rehab to these evil zombies allowed to live on concrete like dogs, 20,000 of them, cluttering up and destroying the city, which is what they were talking about on Dr. Phil. And the link is below. I know. In the recording studio, I have my trusty glass of lemon juice. I have been reporting what drinking lemon juice daily, lemon water, has done to my appetite. Would you care to hear about it? Of course you do. I wouldn't say I have a sweet tooth, but I can enjoy a dessert. I like certain particular desserts. I like things like cheesecake, key lime pie, 
lemon bars, things like that. It's been about two, maybe three months consecutively, probably about three months consecutively, that my first drink of the day is a big glass of water with lemon juice added. Now, I don't go around like buying all these lemons and squeezing them. It adds up. I bought a gallon jug of reconstituted lemon juice from Costco. I've had that forever. So I get up and, and chug, chug the lemon juice in that. And that glass of water, one's right here. You can, I'll take a sip for medicinal purposes. The point I'm making about this lemon water, and at night I have the apple cider vinegar, but I didn't have it last night. It's curbed my sugar craving. It's curbed my sugar craving, my darlings. Although every day I do have a gigantic iced coffee. No, I don't put stevia in it. Now, you can't be everything. Some people are these diet Nazis, like don't have sugar. Like I have an associate and had a friend. And I told this associate about my nice cream. I make ice cream with bananas, cocoa powder, and I churn that with my immersion stick. That has been satisfying my sweet tooth. And this, this soy person said, oh, my God, you're getting all that sugar from bananas. Y'all just can't with these people out here. But anyway, so as you saw on the subject line, I, I was talking about the N-word. I was motivated by a conversation on Twitter. I wonder if Ellen... Elon, I keep calling him Ellen. <laughs> Elon Musk will really get the keys to that joint. So there is a was a thread I looked at. And a black man was talking about he was on an airplane and a black woman and a white woman got into an argument. And when they went down to the uh, baggage carousel, the white woman kept arguing with the black woman. She called the black woman the N-word, hard in. And then she escaped through the crowd, and he was going on. I mean, people, he, let, me, let me be empathetic and show the emotional intelligence that I certainly have. He shared how he and the black woman, these two black people were most upset by that woman using that word, and he was talking about how he went home, and it rocked his world, and made him feel this way, and made him feel that way. That was his POV, his point of view. And I get it. That, that's how some black people feel about if somebody uses that word to insult them. Well, I'm here to tell you how I react when somebody calls me the hard N word. You ready? You ready to hear that? Well, I am pretty self-actualized. I did S, that's uh, Earhart uh, seminar training back in the 80s. I'm self-taught, assertive, assertively trained, self-taught by Dr. Wayne Dyer, whom I met at the Masonic Auditorium in San Francisco. That's, a, that's another story. Uh, Wayne Dyer, I do mirror work, positive affirmations, Miss Louise Hay, Wayne Dyer, uh, self-help, my self-help Bible is How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie, all that namby-pamby stuff to fix your brain I've been into for decades, right? I consider myself a culturally competent person, divest, diverse, etc., I'm in a laundromat, by the way. I don't go to that laundromat anymore. I was in a laundromat just doing my laundry with my situational awareness. And there was a man in a dress, drag queen or transvestite. It was a man in a dress, not somebody who's actually trying to pass as a woman who is a man. It was a man in a dress. More power to him. This is San Francisco. They walk around in dresses. You know, that's, that's no big deal here. It's a surprise to see a man that's not in a dress. 
And long story short, I, you know, I have no idea what happened. That's how it probably was nothing. This person, I was looking at their body language. They seem miserable. I'm the queen of checking out people's body language and getting the heck out of their way. And so this man came up to me, da-da-da-da-da, and Europe <clears throat> called me the hard N-word. And, and I remember the look on his face. He was like satisfied. He gathered himself up. And Europe, <clears throat> do you think that hurts me? <laughs> I, I, like, do you really think that hurts me? That doesn't hurt me. In fact, that makes you that word because you called me that. And I said, by the way, you're just mad. You're not a biological woman anyway. And that stung that man more than he thought he was going to hurt me calling me the hard N-word. Now, speaking of the two N-words, uh, the soft N-word and the hard N-word, I am of the age that I was around when rap started a long time ago in the year. <laughs> and when rap started, it was family friendly. You could go roller skating with grandma, the kids, nieces and nephews. There was no N-word. There was no F-word. There was no B-word, no H-word. Then it morphed from hate the police to hate black women to we hate each other. We're going to get high, have anal sex, get high on weed, and not fall in love with anybody. And kill each other all the time. So that's what hip-hop seems to be, to me, the majority of it. Although there's some, but I'm, I'm pretty much over it. Give me my Missy Elliott, my Andre 3000, classic stuff, uh, Public Enemy, uh, things like that. Otherwise, I don't mess with most modern hip-hop. The N-word used to be a behind-closed-door word for black people. It was a bad word, and you'd use used it to describe a bad black person. It would be like, oh, that, that's so-and-so. The old people would say, oh, the, behind closed doors, nobody was going out in public saying, you baba. Nobody was on the bus saying, you baba. That was like, oh, you don't talk like that in front of the white folks. But that was a long time ago. Now there is no fourth wall. Now there is no behind closed doors conversations that every race and ethnicity has. Every race and every ethnicity closes the doors and they start talking about other races. They lie and say they don't. They do. But black people took it overboard. And now when I see black people, you know, uh, roll into a ball of hysterics because somebody called them the hard N-word, logically my brain can't compute. I can't compute. Like, why are you getting hurt by that? And as a matter of fact, the person who tried to hurt me... This person saw that they were my lesser. They saw by my demeanor, how I was dressed, how I carried myself, how I spoke. They saw that they were beneath me. And this man called me the hard N-word because he wanted to bring me down to his level. The point I'm making is when black people are called the hard N-word by somebody, that person feels inferior to the black person and wants the black person to feel inferior that makes sense. I know it does. Y'all, we have the Hate Street Fair coming up this weekend. The Hate Street Fair used to be a fair that I went to a lot. It used to be in June. They switched it. Now, I have no idea why. I enjoy doing this show Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. I cannot believe the punishing schedule I had doing a daily podcast for 900 episodes that's out of this world. Look at some of these shows. It's very, uh, <laughs> some of these shows are very psychodramatic. Some of the audio is very funky, public cable access style. But those shows are very real, very authentic, and truly represent 
a very unique POV from a city that is circling the drain, everybody. I hope you have a beautiful weekend. I hope you have a beautiful morning, noon, and night, and everything is lovely with you. Thank you so much for listening. I love you. I am Dee Dee Dam. I trust my vibe. San Francisco Dam. That's today's episode of the San Francisco Dam Podcast with sexist womanist bohemian Didi LaFrac. Remember to join us tomorrow for another episode. This podcast is brought to you by our sponsors. Head over to SanFranciscoDam.com for more sponsorship information. Thank you for subscribing and listening.